if vulnerability is a challenge for you in leadership, if transparency is a problem for you in leadership, then leadership is a problem for you. But when leadership can be transparent, be vulnerable, can be human, well then now you're tangible. Now you can inspire. Welcome to Evolve Leadership, the arena where high achieving leaders are challenged to redefine their limits. My name is Angus Nelson. I grew up in the United States and I now live in Lisbon, Portugal. I'm an executive coach and I've spent my career advising and training leaders from startups to Fortune 500 companies. And here's what I've learned. An old, ineffective leadership framework will always keep you on a hamster wheel, consumed with work-life balance, burnout, and stress. Here on the show, each week we'll help you rethink the path to achievement. We'll help you discover new principles, new philosophies to the modern leader. Look, the world is relentlessly changing, demanding a new era of leaders. It's time to redefine your limits. So enter the arena, my friend. It's time to evolve. Well, welcome back to the show. I'm Angus Nelson. I'm here with my co-conspirator, Tim McClagan. How you doing, Tim? Yes. I'm doing great. And if you notice, I'm trying to catch up to you. I'm growing a little beard. Uh, it's for those of you watching on YouTube, it's actually for an audition I have in. It's the first time in 20 years I'm auditioning for a stage play with my daughter, who's an aspiring actor. And the idea of sharing a stage with her was magical. So anyway, I'm feeling a little scruffy. I don't know how beard guys do it because it just it, it's pokey. It, it, I'm, I'm getting used to it, man. Well, I don't, I, I disagree because you used to have that little little scruffy scruff. That's true. Years ago, so you can't tell me you, you just have more of it now. It's that's it's your, true. You've matured, and yeah, I think it looks great on you. So you know, it's it's kind of my style. So I think it's rocking. Yeah. It's a little well, salt to, and pepper. The wife thinks it's hot, so that's that's good. That's good. that's all that matters. That's all <laughs> that matters. So for those of you listening on the podcast. You're going to have to go and watch the YouTube, be able to see the video live and in person, Tim with a beard. But today we're not talking about beards. We're talking about that feeling you have when your team feels disconnected from you. And I want to tell you a story opening up with one of our members who had a team retreat, brought everybody together. And this was the time when everybody was to get on the same page and they brought in this facilitator and they broke down all these different areas of the business and opportunities and got everybody fired up. And at the end of the event, the end of this entire company-wide retreat, they open it up to uh, the boss, the owner of the organization. And he's like, I would be open to any kind of feedback. I want to be a a, a great leader. I want to know where I have opportunity to improve. I want you to let me know what those opportunities might be. And for the next probably 40 minutes, the team, one by one, started dissecting his ego. And at the end, he walked away from this event feeling like a terrible leader. And he's like, my team hates me. Hmm. And it's not that they hated him. It's 
areas where they were frustrated. It's areas where they felt like he was the bottleneck. It was areas where, you know, all these different areas, and yet he was un, uh, uh, unintroduced. Unintroduced? He was <laughs> unaware. That's the word I'm scrambling for, of the fact that this even existed. Hmm. And so here he is getting ripped apart and thinking like, I have really failed as a leader. And the truth is, there were areas where there were failings that didn't make him a failure. And now this was an opportunity for him to make a choice. So today we are diving into the often turbulent waters of leadership. And sometimes that leadership feels like the waves of, of, criticism and everything else, the waves of all the expectations, the waves of all the pressures, mm-hmm. the waves of all the personal relationships, opinions, emotions, and all the other things all collide. Yeah. And it was John Maxwell that said this. He said, the leadership journey begins with understanding yourself. Before you lead others, you must be true to yourself. Tim, where does this all come from? Yeah, yeah, I, I love that because as leaders, naturally, there you have to make the hard calls, right? You have to be okay with conflict. You have to be okay with attention. The problem comes is when there's too much attention, and there is there's some there's an issue. And so I want to take a look, Angus, at this. What are the symptoms? If a leader's experiencing these things, what is the signs that not everything is okay in Mudville? Like, what are the, what are the issues that come up that if a leader experiences this, maybe we need to have some awareness of what is going on? And, and Angus, the first one that I think of is feeling isolated as a leader where you feel isolated from the rest of the team. And and 50% of CEOs, this is from Harvard Business Review, report experiencing feelings of loneliness in their role. Um, And 60% of them are say that that really hinders their performance. So this idea of feeling disconnected from the rest of the team, no way understands, because in some ways, Angus, nobody does understand the pressures that the leader faces. Am I right? For sure. Like, they all think they know. Like, man, that guy doesn't do this, and he doesn't know that. And they make all the assumptions in the world. Yeah, Nobody really knows what kind of things a, a leader faces. Yeah. And yet, as a good leader, when you are connected with the rest of your team, they are supporting, they are encouraged, they are connected to those pressures in a way that a disconnected team wouldn't uh, be. And so when you, if you're having these feelings of isolation as a leader, might be a symptom that uh, something is coming up. Another one, Angus, is ineffective communication, right? Misunderstandings. You're like, oh, I said this. And then they come back to the meeting, right? And they have a totally different, you know, game plan or they did something different than you as a leader were expecting. And that can be pretty frustrating. I don't understand. <laughs> right? <laughs> And there's this uh, element of uh, people say what they want to say in the way they want to say it, but they rarely say things in the way another person can receive it. Yeah. Say that again. Right? That, that's powerful. We, we often see that people, they say what they want to say in the way they want to say it. 
But true communication, the best of communication, is saying what you want to say in the way the other person can receive it. Wow. Yeah. Right? That's the power of communication. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, especially as leaders, you want to get stuff done. Like, let's crank it out. Let's turn on the gas. Let's hit pedal to the metal. We don't have time for feelings. We don't have time for personalities. And unfortunately, some leaders can absolutely just ram through, create a lot of turnover. Or in this case, another symptom, Angus, is a lot of resentment where you can start feeling that, you know, you walk by... You walk by your team members and there's that black cloud over them, you know, or or you're having a conversation and, you know, everybody's jovial and talking. And then you walk in the room and it's like, oh, you know, and you're like, "Uh oh, yeah, what is going on? And it's because these negative vibes or passive aggressiveness, especially if you're a strong leader, people feel intimidated to bring you the conflict or the issue uh, to your face. And so there's these little passive aggressive things that they'll do or say. That can be infuriating to you as a leader, but it's a, it's a symptom that if we can see it as, okay, how do mm-hmm. we address this symptom? Something is not right. Um, and let, I mean, this is, this is from Gallup. They did a poll and 80% of employees quit their jobs because they feel like there's this lack of appreciation, this lack of connection. And that creates this, a lot of resentment that, that can brew. Um, I think another one is just exhaustion. and. People, Hmm. when you're a leader and you are go, 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 and it's a push season, and Angus, you've experienced this, there's moments where you're like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm just gone. I'm just dead. Am I right? Dog tired. And (laughs) leadership is not easy. And oftentimes, and we hear this all the time, you're pushing, you're driving. There are seasons where things, you know, can be look strenuous. And yet that is not the time to like make real deep decisions for, you know, the team. Yeah. It's like, we, we don't have time for this. Right. Um, and the heightened state of everybody is kind of like a, it's ready to go off like TNT or you know, like some kind of like volatile, you know, type of component. And these are the areas where, you know, those symptoms all have something underneath them. Like what are those root causes? What are the things underneath that are bubbling up? Yeah. You know, when you look at exhaustion, you know, yeah, perhaps everybody is being pushed at such a high rev mm. for too long. Yeah. And now they're getting short tempered with each other. Now they're getting cat bitey and wanting to get credit and getting bitchy and getting like whatever. Yeah. But, what if that lack of like work-life balance is playing into so many other areas that we aren't even paying attention to in con- in context of like their home life into you know other areas of their marriage or their kids and then that ricochets back into the business yeah and then that becomes mis- even more miserable yeah Gallup said that two thirds of full-time employees in the U.S do not strongly believe that they have work-life balance. So if the two-thirds of our workforce is on max, we've got some serious problems. And we're talking to members of our community all the time facing these areas. And so if we're having friction from our team to us and we're the leaders, shouldn't we 
first be leading in how we have work-life balance? Yeah. Shouldn't we be modeling that? Related yeah, to yeah. that, it was like their expectations. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah, I'm just saying we should move to Finland because <laughs> Finland has, they're the happiest, you know, and the happiest yeah. rating. And they have immensely healthy work-life balance where they True. take vacations, other things like that. But, yeah. but I, I think there's something in these underlying causes. Angus, you mentioned this work-life balance. What's another cause that is kind of driving this discontentment in the team? Well, it's very much related, and that's like no clear expectations. Mm. Like, there's one thing, uh, my wife and I, we wrote this book. Uh, we haven't released it yet. Uh, foreshadow, foreshadow, maybe sometime in the future, uh, you'll hear about this. Uh, we talk about expectation in relationships, and it's the same thing in leadership, is that we have partners, we have team members, we have leadership who have expectations in their head that they're holding everybody up to yeah. and they're getting very resentful of, but have never been spoken. Yes. That's one thing. Or number two is when it is spoken, it's like gibberish. It's not clear. It's not defined. There's not time, date, stamp. There's not, you know, any kind of parameters in the boundaries of it. And as a result, things break down. So then you back onto that, like when people are experiencing, you know, some of these stresses of expectations or work-life balance or things like that, the next piece would be like not being able to have honest, real, tough conversations. I remember reading this book called Crucial Conversations years ago. And it was one of the more like altering books in my leadership because it taught me how to like have an honest conversation without being either attacking or offended mm. in the conversation Yeah, to where you came into tough conversations being curious and you came in being decisive. And between those two pieces, you can do that with still having respect. But so often in our leadership, when we are operating in levels of, unawareness, then we are just saying things the way we want to say them. And now we're back to where we started. Yeah. Angus, sometimes it's not having that conversation about the employee that's kind of toxic, right? Because the whole mm -hmm. team feels it and avoiding those tough conversations, avoiding that. I, I was in an organization where the leader had a favorite uh, or, or a, a favored employee, somebody really enjoyed, which is, which is amazing. But that person wasn't pulling their weight and everybody in the organization could see it. Everybody knew it, but nobody wanted to talk about it. And the leader didn't address it. And the more he didn't address it, the more resentment it kind of got brewed because everybody was pulling a lot of weight and this person wasn't. And so having those conversations um, can feel like a backpedal, can feel like stepping backwards, especially if you're like, now's this, you know, now's the time to go. But for the rest of the team, it is crucial to be able to have those tough conversations, even if it, you know, hurts feelings, even if it gets personal mm -hmm. uh, or if it's a friend that's a part of the business, because those are always a little messy as well. 100%. And I would stack onto that too, um, like the different levels of communication style, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. the leader you just described was like super passive, obviously not going to address some different stuff, but. 
while there may be a little bit of passive leadership could be one kind of communication style, like it's not always effective, right? Well, then there's the opposite of that when you're real, like direct, you're real abrasive. That's not a communication style that's helpful. If you're sarcastic, that's not a good communication style. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're uh, disagreeable, like if you're just like pushing up to be, you know, the contrarian, that's not a good communication style. Like not everyone sees things the same way. It's kind of like I said before, you know, the best communication is saying things in the way that other people can receive it. With our members, uh, we talk about the Enneagram, which is a personality profile, similar to, you know, other personality profiles like the DISC profile, Colby A index. Mm -hmm. uh, If you want to take Myers-Briggs, the 16 personalities, all those different things have some revealing qualities, but the Enneagram talks about some two primary qualities is the things that motivate people, what they want to move towards and the things they try to move away from things they're afraid of. And in and amongst all of that, you start to understand like the people around you have these different perspectives. And if you come from a perspective of something they're trying to avoid, wow, they'll immediately either shut down or come right at you. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't, realize you're pushing buttons and you're causing people to have these emotional turmoils because you're addressing them in the way you feel like you're comfortable addressing yeah. rather than conforming yourself and serving that employee, that team member, that colleague in a way that they can receive it. Yeah. And Angus, don't you, don't you think, especially people with um, strong personalities, we'll call them the Enneagram eights for those who are familiar with the Enneagram. But strong personalities, eights, ones, threes, where you want to move things, you want to get stuff done. Sometimes you can un, unintentionally create a atmosphere that other people don't perceive as safe to share, safe to give mm-hmm. feedback. And I think that's what uh, your friend that you mentioned in the story experienced is he was totally unaware that his style was giving you know creating an atmosphere where people didn't feel safe to share they felt they were going to get railroaded you know if they did and then when he finally opened up an atmosphere at a retreat poor guy got filleted because creating those atmospheres of feedback where people feel safe in the way not we would feel safe in the way others would feel safe i think is really important in this in this Mm. concoction of you know trying to put this recipe for a healthy team dynamic wouldn't you say yeah, for sure. And, and, and again, because you're unaware, then that leader who has that strong personality is like, well, they just need to get their act together. They need yes. to just grow up. Yeah. And you don't realize like you're shutting down these other valuable perspectives, these other valuable personalities, these other valuable insights that are available to the collaboration mm. of the team for the dynamic. And you need all parts and all facets. And if you aren't feeling safe, you're not going to take the lead on something. You're not going to take ownership of something or you're not going to feel motivated around something. Yeah. And Salesforce did this study and they said that 86%, listen to that number, 86% of employees and executives cite a lack of collaboration or ineffective communication for workplace failures. Wow. I want that to sink in. Your communication style is either drawing people in or it's pushing them away. Let me just pause for a second to say this. 
There is one trait that you will find in every successful leader, no matter their industry, no matter their role. And that trait is action. And we want to inspire ambitious leaders like you to bet on yourself and take action on those audacious goals that you see in your heart. That's why we created our 90-day accelerator. It's a results-driven, battle-tested framework designed specifically for high-performing leaders like you to get unstuck and propel you towards your goals. And in just 90 days, you won't even recognize a person you used to be. To be a part of this elite community, go to evolveleadership.org. Now, back to the show. So if we were to bring this down to like a landing, I'm a couple more pieces here where some of the stuff comes from. There's also when you look at your ego, like as a leader, are you afraid of being exposed, making mistakes, uh, being corrected? If vulnerability is a challenge for you in leadership, if transparency is a problem for you in leadership, then leadership is a problem for you. Mm. Whoa. Because until you can connect. Those are fighting words. Those are fighting words. Right? You've heard me say this before. It's like when you are in leadership and you think that uh, you can't show weakness because Mm -hmm. on some form or fashion, somebody's going to weaponize that weakness, then that's what causes us to put up this protective armor or to always feel like, we got to blame someone else or we got to push some agenda or blah, blah, blah. It can look many different ways. But when leadership can be transparent, be vulnerable, yeah. can be human, well, then now you're tangible. Now you can like inspire. Yeah. Now you can in, in, invite. Now you can include. Yeah. But so few leaders will allow themselves to get vulnerable. And I wish I could say exactly what I said, the way that I said it. Why don't you just take that and put that at the front of the show? Cause I think that's going to work, <laughs> but here's where I want to bring this to the last piece here before we go into like what brings this all together. Yeah. And that is the market forces also have a play in this. That's absolutely hundred like, percent. Right. Yeah. I mean, you cannot deny we've went through with the pandemic economies mm-hmm. war like throughout history all these things have played in different forms or fashion so when that market stress when that financial stress when that societal stress when all the racial stress when all the equitable stress when it's all this decision making needs to be done mm-hmm. that can play into people feeling unsafe feeling uncertain feeling all these different emotions and we have to be cognitive of that Mm. and as the leaders we have to be the most sensitive to that even for ourselves yeah so we want to bring this into like what's that thing that can help solve all this tim i'm gonna throw it to you yeah so if we put it all together and i love maxwell's quote because he said until you can lead others you really need to i don't he said lead yourself or know yourself understand yourself if we're flying blind, if we have blinders on, right, we're mission, 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 and yet we're railroading team members, we're creating an unhealthy team dynamic, there's other forces in the world that we just can't ignore that our team members are feeling. I think the first step is self-awareness, wouldn't you say, where 
I just, I have to understand what makes me tick so that I can process what's going off. If if I'm feeling some sort of way, right? Mm -hmm. I have to say, is this me? Is this just me? Or is this really the team member that I'm interacting with? You know, is it really their problem? Mm -hmm. To be able to know our own triggers, to know our own situations (laughs) where, you know, we're like, "I, I think I'm off base here. Then we can curb that. Then we can pull that back in and actually deal with a real issue instead of having it be our ego getting in the way, yeah. our own personality style. Um, Aristotle said this, and I, I love this quote. He said, knowing yourself is the beginning of wisdom. Every leader wants wisdom. Every leader wants to lead and guide our companies, our teams in ways that uh, are really fulfilling and bring satisfaction, make a lot of money and really impact, right? But until we really know ourselves, we're going to be flying blind in some ways. We're going to be hit and miss, wouldn't you say, Angus? Yeah, I'll tell you, self-awareness is the critical piece of all of leadership. Hmm. Because until you're in tune with self, you can't be in tune with team. Like, the leader, I would say this, Leadership is an ever-revealing sense of you. If you want to become a better leader, you have to be more in tune with yourself. And the more in tune with yourself, the more authentic you become, the easier it is for people to connect and follow you. Yeah. And we forget this as leaders, that leadership is not for you to uh, command. Uh, and conquer all of the things outside. Leadership at the end of the day is about you learning to command and conquer yourself. Wow. Emotional regulation, controlling those emotions, um, controlling your mind, disciplining your time, delegating instead of doing things on your own trusting others instead of trying to be in control. Like all of that takes deep inner work to get really good at it. And I'm not there yet. I'm still in process. And yet I know so many other leaders have not even taken some of the first steps and they're just creating problems. I thought of one the other day. I was waiting tables uh, back in like, uh, 2013 or so while I was doing a startup and uh, I needed some extra cash. So I went to the steakhouse and I was uh, a server at the steakhouse. I was only planning on being there for a few months. And I think I maybe had a little swagger to me in that facet. And the uh, general manager of the restaurant uh, didn't like I, that I had this really happy go lucky attitude. Huh. Whenever I came in, like he was trying to pressure me to like perform to some kind of criticalness. Mm. Uh, uh, or excuse me, to some kind of uh, expectation that he had that uh, every little thing that I did wrong, like I'd go through a section and I'd clear off tables and I missed like one little like bread plate. He was like, you missed this again, Nelson. And he was, he was so gruff. He was such a jerk. Yeah. And at the end of the day, this guy was not happy. And the fact that I was happy, I think he just got... Put a bullseye on my back and want to make sure that I was unhappy. That's right. And I was like water off a duck's back. I just let it like ride. Because again, 
I had other plans and we were trying to launch our company and we, I knew we were getting close. Yeah. And my observation underneath the leadership of that man, I looked around the rest of the restaurant and I realized everyone else in that restaurant was sheepish. They would just tuck their tails every time he walked in. Everybody would do like go from like da 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 da, and he'd walk in like, <laughs> and then we'd have these team meetings, you know, before every, um, you know, shift. And once in a while, he would lead it. And the tenor of the room between when one of the managers led and when he led would be dynamically different. Wow! Because that man led out of insecurity and a sense of control versus someone who's self-aware, comfortable in their own skin with nothing to gain, nothing to prove, nothing to lose. That's true power. That kind of leader people will follow. Yeah. And until you get self-aware, until you get vulnerable, until you get transparent, until you get authentic, you can never truly lead. Angus, if you would, unpack something for me, because I think sometimes when people can hear self-awareness, it can feel a little woo. It can feel a little touchy-feely. Uh, it, could, it might not fit a natural... People are not necessarily drawn to that. What does that actually look like? What are some of the things people can do in order to gain taking steps toward that self-awareness? Well, besides getting coaching from Evolve <laughs> Leadership. Um, no, but coaching you know, is a huge one, whether it's with us or whether it's with somebody, right? Having someone, that third-party sure. perspective is huge, wouldn't you say? 100%, 100%. And you know, ultimately, uh, there's some other components. Like There's a, thing, a technique called a 360. When you go to the people around you and get their perspective, like mm. some people that are close, some people are friends, some people are family, Hey, what do they say about you? How do they observe you? How do they ab- observe your leadership? What about your temper? What about your sense of humor? What about, you know, dot, dot, dot. Like a 360 can help. Um, getting honest when you start doing like personal development, when you start reading books that talk about, you know, what drives your emotion or what drives, you know, different components of your, your, your being you'll start to almost like in third person, watch yourself. Like you're in the middle of a conversation yeah. with a friend or a spouse. And it's like, you can see the words coming out of your mouth and you're like, Dad, shut your mouth now. Just <laughs> stop what you're saying. And you're like trying to like, no, stop right now. In slow motion, you can't. The words are just coming out of your mouth and it was sarcastic or it was biting or it was you know, off color or whatever. And then you get done saying it and everything blows up and you're just like, dang it, that was stupid. And you know it, right? The next time that third person comes up, you start seeing it and you're like, well, you know what? I forget it. I, I don't mean to say what I'm saying. And you yeah. start like self-editing yourself and eventually that consciousness becomes a part of who you are. Yeah. And just that awareness, that level of consciousness suddenly brings you to this place where you start to see the things you say, the way you say them, the way you behave and the way you lead have impact. Mm. And you become more conscious of the impact 
and its importance than you are about your comfort in how you just want to do things the way you used to do it, which was just by default. Yeah. I love that, Angus. And and one thing I one thing that's really cool about self awareness is the goal is to become a healthier person in general. And healthier people make healthier leaders. Healthy leaders make really healthy companies and businesses. And so it's almost like I know some of the members in our community come because they're wanting to fix some problems in their business. And that that happens. And their their businesses, you know, start thriving, they start getting better. What I love about it is the byproduct is you become a much happier person. There's much more self-satisfaction when you become self-aware and know what drives you, what do you want, and what, what do you really want out of life, and start designing that kind of life. And that is the beauty, I think, of self-awareness, because it doesn't only lead to success externally, but you really, unlike your, your shift leader, it really creates a sense of satisfaction and purpose in life and in what you're doing. Yeah. Let's be clear. He wasn't the shift leader. That guy was the general manager. Oh my gosh. The general manager of the place. Bless his heart. As they say in the South. (laughs) So I want to bring this back around to the other guy we talked about at the beginning of the show. That guy who was our member who went in front of his whole team. Yeah who got filleted in front of everyone when that retreat dismissed, he made a decision that he was going to change. And here we are almost three years later working together. His team just had another retreat. And at the end of the retreat, people were raving about their experience with this company, with his leadership, with who he's become. I went to uh, an event with them uh, a number of months ago and I had several of his employees that said, whatever you're doing, Nelson, with the, our boss, keep doing it. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm just pulling it out of this guy. Yeah. But he's taking on a mindset, taking on a place of humility mm. and self-awareness and intention to become the leader he needs to become to build the quality of culture that he wanted for his company. You see, Lawrence Bossidy said this. He said, self-awareness gives you the capacity to learn from your mistakes as well as your successes. And it enables you to keep growing. And for our member who implemented all of this was a growth-minded strategy. And the dividends of that have given him the fulfillment and satisfaction not only of being known and felt as a good leader, but knowing that the caliber of culture for his company is preparing them for an immensely amazing future. Wow. If that's what you want for you, your team, for your culture, this is the invitation, an opportunity for you to become self-aware, do what it takes, explore some of the resources that are out there. If you need help from Evolve Leadership, reach out to us. If your team needs a facilitator to help them, you can reach out to us. And you can also reach out to many other. There are so many coaches out there. There are so many programs that are out there. There are so many books. There are so many things that you can partake of. If you need help with that, like we'll point you in the right direction. 
But you just got to start with this. Take the first step. Make a decision so that your team doesn't hate you. Right? (laughs) Yeah. And one thing I love about that story, I know the member you're talking about, he loves life now. There was a time where he was angry and mad and issues at home, issues at work, and just not a happy person. And to talk to him today is really fun because kudos to him. He took ownership of his life, ownership after that retreat, and he made a decision. And because he chose this journey of self-awareness, he's a different dude today and he's created a life that he's excited about and gives him a lot of satisfaction and purpose because he chose self-awareness. So that's the invitation for you is to check into self-awareness, explore that in any way that that makes sense to you. Explore the ways that you can read the books, watch the videos, jump on YouTube, find ways to say, how can I grow as a leader and show a mirror up your face so that you can get more tangible, more transparent, more vulnerable and do it incrementally. So it's not that scary. It feels like it is, but it'll be the most rewarding, liberating thing you've ever done for both you your team, and your company. Thanks for tuning in. Take care. As we wrap up another episode of Evolve Leadership, thank you so much for taking time to invest in you. If there's to be any sustainable growth in your company or even in your relationships, you must grow first. And it's what I love to do for leaders, to help them grow, to challenge their thinking, sharpen self-awareness, to instill an unshakable confidence, and ultimately, upgrade their sense of self. And we do this through our proprietary method called Agile EQ+, where we're leveraging agile leadership and emotional intelligence. We provide our signature training for individuals and for businesses, we've designed a unique curriculum for company-wide learning and development. If you'd like to learn more about our training or to schedule a call, you can simply go to evolveleadership.org. And until next time, stay driven, keep climbing, and never stop evolving.